G'day, thanks for checking out our year-round carnival podcast, where each and every Monday, usually, we try and give you the best information we possibly can. We had a week off last week due to technical issues, but we're just loving seeing clean ground up in Brisbane and some fantastic racing. Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals and that audio, of course, courtesy of Sky Racing. A couple of real highlights over the past couple of weeks, and I'm sure you've enjoyed it because of my look at the race speed profiles. you got your eye in, mate. No complaints at this end of the world, especially <laughs> if those tracks are clean. <laughs> oh, not just clean, but uh, to me, and I'm keen on your thoughts here, not just this week, but last week as well, Eagle Farm just looks like it's back in down. Yes, it is very much so. It's it's good to see. We need this. We need this. We need some hope that <laughs> we're not going to be Armageddon all year. <laughs> That's exactly right. It was certainly certainly the case in Sydney, and I mean, I suppose you know, for those of us doing Melbourne form, the uh, the, the Sydney horse has been sent sent south and with great success. But up north, we just got some real quality racing, and we heard some of the highlights there. Penarello uh, winning the Queensland Derby in a strong performance. Apache. Apache Chase Vince. He's been a Sizzler's favourite over the journey. How come he was such good odds? They just forgot about him. They must have thought Rocky formed no good. <laughs> Absolutely right. He was fantastic. And uh, of course, on Saturday, Gypsy got asked the Pike Man back in town. Firstly, before I get a bit more of a breakdown from you, Vince, how did the actual Eagle Farm track play on Saturday? Yes, Eagle Farm. Let's have a look, Ralphie. At rail out two metres, track officially good. Which is a which is a, a good thing. Not well when I say it's a good thing, it is positive if you can get a lot of use of the track. It just means that they don't get the tremendous pies getting out twenty five lengths off the fence. Yep. But the reality is overall, considering where Queensland's come from, Ralphie, which has been really, really difficult, we were I would say virtually borderline G four I don't want to call it a G3, but we were definitely a G4. When I look at the numbers from a helicopter point of view, particularly to the 800-metre mark, that was the fastest part of the track. If we look at that, that's rock solid around two and a half lengths above benchmark, and you would stamp that better than G3, but there's a little bit of pressure there. But the rest of the track from the 600 home, that was what I felt 
was really what it was all about. And it was like negative 0.48 to the 600, just a touch above benchmark to the 400, and then again, negative 0.23 over the last 200 metres. So in my view, I sort of marked that dead set G4, Ralphie. Gypsy Goddess wins the Queensland Oaks. You wrote in your race speed profiles, you had high confidence, most advantage was Gypsy Goddess. You summarised by saying she won her first five career starts and has then been placed in her three since. Her PB sits at 0.2 lengths above IVR benchmark and first up for the preparation over a mile. Last prep, she ended her campaign at 2100 when she won with minus uh, 1.2 lengths below the IVR benchmark. On that occasion, she travelled 0.4 below above benchmark through the first section, posted a two-length mid-race squeeze which included 8.1 links of acceleration between the 800 and 400 that gassed out the entire opposition on that occasion she thrives on wet and dry as a serious level of ability she deserves a ton of respect and vince i'll peel that back further you just get better odds with uh, wide barriers don't you with good horses you too and, and sometimes horses find themselves back you know they go back to sydney come back to queensland and they just sort of forget them just a little bit. But, yes, you do. The wide gates are usually worth a lot of money in terms of extra points. You you, you weren't uh, at all interested, as was the market, in fairness, with our ravine. It was a remarkable how short it was. It, it conversely only had heavy track uh, Sydney form on top of winning a, a pretty average uh, Sandown race leading in. I'm talking average, average on the clock, of course. Um, but the, the ride of Pike, if I can ask you that, when he took off of the 600, I thought, you can't lose here from from uh, from this perspective. The only one thing I was remembering was last year on, uh, I think it was Senior Tabor, Huey Bowman. You, you you have a theory with Eagle Farm that that super wide wheel actually isn't an advantage? Isn't an advantage, you're saying? Around the turn, around the turn. that, yep. that you know, You're better off trying to cut the corner and then, then head out super wide. Absolutely. If you have the luck in being able to do that, then that's a tremendous advantage. The, the other big plus was they just happened, the, the, the field just happened to slow up as they turned. Because it, it, I guess the, the speed you're travelling at, I mean, it was a pretty solid speed, seven and a half lengths above benchmark through that first two-thirds of the race. So there's, there's lots of momentum. They had that bit of a slowdown between the eight and the 400. That probably helped a number of horses, Rolfie, in terms of being able to bunch up. And, and you're right. Pikey really learned, I felt he learned his lessons when you go all the way back to Ramwick that day when in that 2400 metre race he was beaten two and a half lengths. He waited too long where here he actually made sure that by the time he got to the 400 metre mark he was in that spot that I called the strike range yep. inside five lengths. It was, it was actually a lot closer. It was like about three lengths off that pack. Just looks a little bit deceptive when you come around that turn. And he gave himself the opportunity from a lane perspective as well when you look at where he came from because of the way he was able to peel out over the last 300 metres. That, that, that's probably one of the hot lanes, 16, given the rail in two. Really gave it every chance. This time last year, Joao, I think from memory, is about a length or two lengths maybe even above benchmark. Uh, this this horse is uh, just below, uh, sorry, just above benchmark, 0.2 lengths above benchmark, seventh best in the day. What type of projection can you have for her? Because I noticed there is a big, decent slowdown there between the, uh, the 600 and 200 making that turn. Well, I, the first part that I look at is it was genuine speed, like really, really solid. So it takes a lot 
to break benchmark, even when you're out really wide in the lanes, Ralphie. Plus, when you get the slowdown, it, it did happen between the four and the two to a lot of horses. So I would maximum give it probably half a length. But it is still an evolving filly who's going to get stronger potentially. And it now has sort of proven that it's definitely got the capacity with speed to be able to sustain to have sustained pressure and that's what i always look for in good staying horses of course it is beautiful if you can have a brilliant sprint i don't i'm not sure if this horse really has that like superb sprint it has an acceleration maybe four to six lengths but it doesn't have like 10 lengths well not that we can see at the moment who knows maybe a little bit of time out and a break for three or four months or two months this horse could come back a lot stronger and we've seen when they turn into mares they can just keep improving no doubt. And race eight in the program, the uh, Group Two Morton Baller. Now we uh, we track the good races in Queensland. We do the summer sizzlers, and we doing now the winter sizzlers. It started from Queensland Derby Day uh, two weeks ago. If you want Vince's IVR reports, you cannot get a bit of value in this five weeks of the of the uh, um, carnival. Uh, starting from Queensland Derby through to the Tatsiara and horses to follow. Now, over summer, in our Magic Millions build-up, we did Baller, 1.9 lengths above benchmark, ranked second on the day, second prep for Tony Golan after a booming Eagle Farm 1,200 win for him, fifth of the sixth, when 2.4 lengths above benchmark, best of the day. He's building this time in, having missed 161 days. Well, we said peak run next start with ordinary luck. He actually pulled up sore on Magic Millions Day, but that was his level of talent, 1.9 to 2.4 lengths above benchmark. Again, he was on top in your race speed profiles. What type of performance did he do? Yeah, it was it was rock solid, Ralphie. Best of the day, 1.6 above, and now sort of getting the horse within 0.8 of a length of its best from an Eagle Farm perspective. I mean, Eagle Farm, we only have to go back to June last year, and there it is, best of the day, plus 2.4. There was a sense that this horse was coming back to that profile last campaign, Ralphie. It peaked at 1.9 at its third up run at, at Doombin. And from my perspective, I really expected this horse to take that ne- next step. And then the communication, even race morning, about A, how well they felt the horse had turned the corner, obviously, from what had happened. And we, we could have a high level of confidence that this horse was going to run big. And my view was that I thought it could test that 2.4. Fell a little bit short of that, but best of the day, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> Absolutely. Race 7 on the program here. Vinko up the rails and really strong. And again, this just underlines how good Eagle Farm was playing. We spoke about Gypsy Goddess out super wide. Vinko up the rails. Again, on top of your race speed profiles. Outstanding effort last start over 1,300 despite her eighth place finished. Uh, he travelled... 0.9 lengths below IVR benchmark through the first section for a 2.2 length mid-race squeeze, overcame a 0.9 length slowdown between the 400 and 200 to find 2.4 lengths of acceleration over the final 200. He finds himself in a much easier race here, stays on top of the ground, which is ideal. He'll take beating. He did take beating. He won. Yeah, and it was it was actually a superb performance, Ralphie. 1.3 above, second best of the day, almost matching what it did at Eagle Farm the start before, which was 1.5. So it came very close to that. And mind you, we're up 200 metres, which does test the horse. And yes, the last 200 metres, we've seen the drop-off come. Where What's that mean? Does that mean that the horse is coming to the end of the preparation 
already or was it a, a conditioning run first time 1500 with so much pressure I, I take it as being the latter that it was a lot of pressure for this particular horse and to do what it did and almost match that last start performance just sort of signifies that this stable have this horse airborne oh, it's got got to be close to another victory inside as well for this horse in race six for the mares, um, we'll kick you again, another, another one up the rails. In your race speed profile, as you pointed out, I mean, on a dry track at uh, Flemington last year in that Empire Rose, she was fantastic. She's basically stayed in work since. I mean, she only had a 63-day break before running New Year's Day. Uh, the market came for her. The market loved her. I'm just wondering, on a match-up perspective, what do you think, in hindsight, Belle Placer was flat off such a huge exertion in South Australia in just 14 days with travel? Yes, that's a high probability, Ralphie, for sure. And then being another further two lengths back probably doesn't help. But yeah, ultimately, there was no speed from the horse through the first two sections. It was all about the last 400 metres. And really, there wasn't a lot there in that last 400. So for sure, it would have felt that last start run. And uh, and kicker itself, though, I mean, what a trainer, Waller. Just keeps him up, keeps him going, keeps him at her, at her best, uh, fourth, fourth best of the day. Yeah, big run for this horse, and I just can't believe it with all the starts that the horse has had, 28 days between run, they managed to get a half a length above benchmark, and that was good enough to get victory, and the ride was sensational. Particularly in a no-speed race, um, so it's going to be hard to, I suppose, do much more than what it did, uh, really, by look at your data, the race started at the 600-metre mark. Yeah, it was all about who had the best last 400 metres, but you're right, Ralphie, it was just show me pressure for 600 metres and you can win and, and this is why the closer you are to the leader in this type of race setup the better your chances and just the ride was just superb by McDonald I felt he's yeah, just a start boom Nova I suppose he uh, he didn't have to do much to justify the uh, the, the short price favouritism he was never never going to get beaten there uh, just stalked the lead and a pretty soft lead too so did a few not turn up here or he's just too good anyway well, as it turns out, it was too good. Garibaldi was probably a, a solid run, Ralphie. It just sort of says a lot about the rest of the horses once I get past that, about where they all at. They're well below benchmark. They've got a lot of work to do to get up. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, you're seeing beautifully over the last couple of weeks, and uh, we can't wait for Stradbroke Day this week. This Friday, we'll be doing another preview podcast. So if you want to get the preview podcast, go to my website via racetrackrelfie.com.au. There's an upgrade option there as well, so just click through via events because uh, we'll do Friday, we'll do the quaddy legs, including a deep dive into the Stradbroke as we do. And uh, and on the Saturday, we'll do an update, post scratchings, and also uh check all races it's an accompaniment to the race speed profiles so really the best information you possibly can get from Stradbroke will be via this service Vince and uh and as as I said and as you can hear you're pretty excited doing the, doing this form at the moment while we're getting a fair fight with the weather I love it it's <laughs> I wish it was like that all the time but we're outdoor sport <laughs> we're absolutely right yeah we copped the pounding in Sydney so we're bouncing back hard here and uh, and the Stradbroke's always a, a really iconic race let's have a look at uh, two other venues because it looked like some promising horses uh, took place there, even in the off-season here. We'll start with Flemington, Vince. A couple I'll ask you about here. The last winner, Passive Aggressive. We walked in, into Flemington and said, well, we don't know what the upside is with this horse. It looks exciting. It smashed him up at Werribee, then smashed him up at uh, Packenham, completely shut down late by Jordan Childs, and it's coming to Flemington. Is it left? And we still don't know what its upside is? 
<laughs> well, my views like this. Positive sign, 1.4 links above IVR benchmark, best performance of the day. That's the first step. You're the yep. best performance of the day. And from a data's perspective, first up was 0.6 below. Second up was sort of sideways around length below, but best of the day on both occasions. And here's the horse and it's come out and improved by one and a half lengths. And that's the first sign of where we're going. Again, it was excellent um display of sustained speed for 1100 meter race roffy we'll break that down further all our members get best of the day sent to them from each state and we're going to include uh queensland as well while we're doing sizzlers so if you're a member and uh, you support us there's no corporate bookmaker advertising on year-round carnival we support you with the best information so i'll break that down in detail it'll be an interesting match up there with star patrol it looks like they're gonna they're gonna meet hope they do in the creswick because uh star patrol has definitely been the most exciting horse of the off season speaking of exciting horses i'll just ask you about this two-year-old Gianti because I can't remember the last time Ollie rode for the Snowdens, but uh, they they put him on, and obviously uh, that matched the opinion of it. You go you go to the best when uh, when you got an exciting horse. You do, and even though the overall performance was below benchmark 0.4, it did manage to get in the top ten, and we know how important that is. And this the whole season, it's been so hard for youngsters to break benchmark, and yep. so this is this is a this is a solid performance. Well, it, it's a type of. Um, of crop, I suppose, Vince. So it wouldn't surprise us if if this is a type of uh, horse that emerged from the off from uh, the off season to become good three year olds. Because yeah, as you said, those blue diamonds, golden slippers, we just haven't seen real time amongst any of them. No, we haven't. So hopefully, these young horses are all evolving and they're going to grow. And uh, particularly this horse, obviously, hasn't been over race one start. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in Rose Hill, we didn't get a heavy, so let's get the party hats out. <laughs> How did Rose Hill actually play? Wow, Rose Hill. Jeez, they haven't stopped with the rain there, have they? No. All meetings getting abandoned. It makes it really tough. Well, here it is. The, the beautiful part was we had an opening race one on the raw figures, minus 16.9, and we're usually getting about a minus 30, which is <laughs> fantastic. And then if we get to the end of the card, we finished off the last race with a minus 9.3, and the second last was minus 30. So realistically, I would call that it's definitely better than a heavy 12. I don't believe. I know that they went for a downgrade. In my view, we still mark this a H9, possibly H10, but it was it was real heavy, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't no, bottomless. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was definitely not bottomless. So that that's a positive sign. But if you couldn't handle wet ground, good luck to you. Oh, no chance. <laughs> well, one horse who did handle wet ground, and it was sort of hard to assess off its Hawkesbury uh, win. It was pretty slow time, uh, you know, nothing time maiden. But, gee, it looked good, this uh, Willinga Ruffio. What did you make of its performance in the third race? Willinga Ruffio. Geez, you found a good one there, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, there, was, there, were, there, were, there were a few... Big performances given yeah. that this card, in my view, was borderline midweek field. That, yes. You know, in terms of quality. But when you look at what happened here, first section seven and a half lengths below benchmark between the eight and the four, five lengths below benchmark, and then did manage to finish off overall last four hundred meters minus one, uh, minus four. Sorry, Ralphie. Good performance from a young horse who's probably trending in the right direction. 
I'm always cautious. What does that mean? Where do we go? I love the fact that it did it at 1,800 metres in, in town, which is always a good sign. And, and there was a good display of sustained speed from start to finish. I like that part as well. More importantly for me, when I have these type of days, Ralphie, I'm all about... A, if you break benchmark, that's sensational. And B, if you can get in the top 10, which this horse did. Across the board, if you're just looking at raw sectionals, you'd probably call it an, a nowhere run because last 1,200 was like rank 45. Last 200, rank 54. You'd think, oh, not much. But the reality is when compared to the whole day, it was actually a very good performance. Very strong wet track indicator too. Yes, absolutely. Niffler looked good in race six. What what uh, what have we taken away from Niffler's performance there? Second up, mare for uh, for Chris Waller. Yeah, a little bit deceptive. This horse, in terms of profile, it came into the race with a minus one. But when you, if you sort of like if like if we look at it, the platform we use, Ralphie, and we go into the into the IVR matrix and where it sort of assesses their six lead-in runs and their runs subsequent to that in terms of field strength, the data was indicating that. The minus one was probably a lot closer to a benchmark profile, so that's where the little bit of deception came into it, that this horse potentially was a benchmark plus a half-type range and really came out. Firstly, I thought the ride was outstanding in terms of where it positioned itself on the grid, how far from the lead speed. The move at the came at the right time, very, very solid. And, yeah, the 1.2 above... When I had a closer look at the numbers last night, Ralphie, I really felt that that was a peaking run. So I'm not sure whether this horse is going to be able to maintain that moving forward. But the reality was it had a lot of merit. And the one I'll round off with is in race eight, per in a way. Well, uh, it won twice in New Zealand. They got the money. They're very smart, these Australian bloodstock uh, team, because they, they tend to keep fighting them wherever they're looking in the world. <laughs> Well, the boys have been at it for a long time. Six fifty to five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> they're very, very good. And the scone trial was fair, Ralphie. Yeah, where it won over over the thousand meters. So there was an indication that Chris Lee's, when he's really targeting, he can have him ready first up. So when the money came, I could understand that this horse was going to find itself in the race. And mind you, overall performance minus one. It was it was it was good good performance. How far did you adjust it up? Oh, Ralphie, how far did I just so many of those races? But, yeah, it, it was it was big, 15. No, no, it's not enough, is it? Uh, yeah, overall, yes, correct. <laughs> All right, well, you can keep doing your best in Sydney or you can get the best stuff from Vince Accardi for Queensland coming up because we can't wait for Stradbroke Day. Thanks for checking out Year Round Carnival.